Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. It's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Side by Side. My stuff, Steve Zakwani. I'm sitting here at the Sounders office. Keely is here. Brad Evans is not here, um, so we have to fill in for Brad. Big shoes to fill. But we have an amazing guest to follow up. Last week's amazing guest as well. Um, from the old El Reign, who had really a tremendous season. I was at many games. I went to the, which we'll get into, the unfortunate playoff game, which we had. But I'm here with Sam Hyatt, um, who's a local product and went to college in California, we'll get into your story, um, who's now had a fantastic season with the rain, and I watched many games, had a really good season. Sam, welcome to Side by Side. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you too for your support throughout the season. As yes. a Sounders fan, I would, would get chills every time I would see you tweeting, <laughs> telling people to come to the game. I'm like, yeah, everyone, Steve Zakwani said so, do what he says. <laughs> I honestly have never met like a local athlete who is more loved than Steve. Like, honest to God. That's a big compliment. And I was in Boston, man. Well, everyone compliment. hates their athletes in Boston. <laughs> That's true. Um, no, so I will tell you, so I was going to the women's games back when they were sound as women. Mm -hmm. And they had all those national team players came one year. Mm -hmm. um, Alex Morgan came, Sidney LaRue came, um, Megan Rapino came. And I used to go to a lot of games then. In 2015, I, I did a charity soccer game. And mm -hmm. I had um, Jess Fishlock play, um, Beverly um, Yanis play, mm -hmm. and I want to say someone else played. And I couldn't believe how good they were. I, I could not believe it. <laughs> and I fell in love with their game at that point. So I've been going to games every year from Memorial um, down in Tacoma, and obviously up here much easier for me um, in um, Lumen Field. So it's been really good. Um, let's talk about the season first, not just the game. <laughs> Give me sort of your you know, two weeks removed, mm -hmm. you're sort of post-mortem on the season. How do you view it in totality? Of course, a massive disappointment the last mm -hmm. game, but in totality, how do you view the season as a whole? Yeah, that's definitely one thing I think I've had to do in these days and weeks following the season is kind of separate in my head that last game a little bit from yeah. what we were able to accomplish in the season because I was so proud of us. We start out Beginning of the season, we're creating a lot of chances, but we can't necessarily score. We're giving up goals that maybe we yeah. shouldn't or wouldn't like to be conceding. And we just know we're better than our record. And I think we finally kind of clawed our way out of the hole we were in and really got ourselves together and ended up in going on cross-country road trips and yeah. grabbing big points in three game weeks where I think someone told us at one point we were predicted to only if we kept on the path we were going we were only supposed to get six points for the rest of the season oh and I don't know who came up with that stat or if it was true but it did its job of it making us all you. furious yeah. we kept referencing it I think we went and got 15 points instead or something like yeah. that but we were livid we we're like there's no way we are too good of a team so again I don't know if that was a true stat but it did its job it and worked. After that, we really just kind of locked in on the little things, I think, and started just connecting on the same level and really being the team that I think we knew the whole year that we had the potential to yeah. be because we had so many amazing players and we had people contributing from all over the place and we just really wanted to start, you know, getting results that would reflect that. Yeah. And so I was, I think proud is one word I would use to describe this season because we really... Okay. 
I would say grinded it out when we needed to. Yeah. We also, I was saying this even before the last game, we went through so many different things. We came from behind, we yeah. held on to leads, we scored early, we scored so late. So I think that too just really contributes to a, a really good team mindset and mentality that, you know what, we can do this. We'll go to North Carolina where we've never won before. I didn't know that until after we won there. Everyone's <laughs> like, that's the first time we've won in North Carolina. I was like, well, well, that's sick. We can go do things like that. And yeah. we really believed in ourselves, so. Um, I was gonna talk about that. So they, towards the end, you guys just got really hot. And you've mentioned a couple of things, you know, looking on the details, believing more who you are, maybe some bulletin board material. Um, could you summarize what happened? Like, you just went on a tear and then just climb, climb, climb. And I think towards the end, you were in the race for the Shield, mm -hmm. which was unthinkable a few months ago. Right. We, I remember some, again, some stat on Twitter where if we had lost the North Carolina game, I think we would have then been almost out of playoff contention. Wow. That's how much, to be fair too, that whole top six was, was so tight. tight. It came it down tight. to the last game to tight. even yeah. see who the playoff yeah. teams were. Um, and I really think there had been a couple games where we were pretty disappointed in ourselves. We knew we could have done better, but I think the real turning point was our Houston game at home where we dominated a lot of the first half. We Again, kind of the story of some of our earlier games. We just couldn't yeah. find one. And then yeah. we have a couple minutes where we just maybe lose our heads a little bit. And then all of a sudden we're down at home, which we haven't been all year. Yeah. And it was our first and I, like, first loss at home at that point. Mm -hmm. And I just remember we came together after that game. We talked about it, you know, tactically. And then we also just talked big picture like what team do we want to be? Because we'd kept saying, okay, now we got to turn it around. Okay, yeah, now we got to turn around. Going, yeah. And then we got to the Houston game and it was like, okay, mathematically, if exactly. we want to get where we want to go, <laughs> we know we mean it this time, now is when we need to turn it around. And I think it really was a lot of factors between, and it started, you know, with Laura and the leaders on our team. We yeah. really just upped our expectations for ourselves and we wanted that to start in training. We just wanted to really work on the little details and make sure that from there on out, we controlled our destiny and we yeah, controlled what yeah. we could control. And I think we, you know, again, we maybe lost some points earlier in the year in easier yeah. situations where we had backed ourselves into this corner where now we needed to go get points on road trips and yeah, away games. So. And we just decided that, you know what, it doesn't matter. From here on out, we're going to take care of business. And we did. Yeah. We had a couple <laughs> comebacks, some maybe not scary moments, but we, again, we had to grind out a couple of different things, but we got the job done. So I, I remember when I played, um, there's some wins you get, and especially always was on the road where you're not maybe expected to win, mm -hmm. and you get that win, and I don't think people can understand what that does for a team. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the win in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, can it give us a picture? What did that do for the team? Just when you get back in the locker room after, and you're back in the hotel, or the plane ride after, whatever it is, what was the mood in that? Because it's, it's much more than three points. Mm -hmm. That was a crazy situation too. So we had, we knew we had three games that week. So we had a game and then I think a travel day, a pregame practice, a game, a travel day, a pregame practice, a game. So you really get into this, okay, we can celebrate or be happy for a little bit and then we gotta kinda flip the switch yeah, and get ready yeah, for the next game. Yeah. But I do think just going to that North Carolina locker room, especially after that particular game, the way it unfolded, where we really just you know, kind of had to hold on for a win in <laughs> yeah. that one. And I, you know, as a defender, I can admit that <laughs> um, because, you know, a result's a result. We got Just three points win. we needed. And I think it really solidified that we could do this because especially going into that week, we knew it was a big task to try and go get nine points on the road. Yeah. But at the same time, for 
this club and the individuals, we had lofty goals for ourselves and we knew we could do it. But yeah. I think after that North Carolina game, we're like, okay, you know what? We can handle anything. Yeah. It might be 95% humidity and 90 degrees and we just <laughs> flew across the country two days ago, but you know yeah. what? We can get the job done. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it was... You were a little bit, you couldn't celebrate too much because like I said, you had to get games, ready to yeah, go do yeah. it again in 72 hours, but we were pretty, pretty excited. And it just fills you with confidence too. You're yeah. like, okay, we can do this, yeah. especially because North Carolina was a really was a hot team. team at that yeah. point and still a great team right on down to the end. So yeah. that was huge for us. So a lot of belief went through the team, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, we do have to discuss how the season ended. Um, so the good, listen, there was a lot of good of that day. I was there, Keely was there, Brad was there as well. Um, I sat in my usual pit side seat. I, I was really into it, like really into it. And I spoke to Brad after the game. I couldn't believe we didn't win the game. When you actually watch, just from a soccer perspective, mm -hmm. the amount of saves that goalkeeper made, I mean, yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was one-way traffic. They had maybe two or three attacks, mm -hmm. and they scored two goals. We've all been part of those games. They happen. Mm -hmm. um, well, they were the result in a second. Can you take any positives from that day in terms of just the fans, the way the city came out for your team, and there was so much support, and it was rocking, and it was really good. Let's talk about that part first, and then we'll get into the result. That was awesome. I got chills just walking out. Yeah. We had joked around that. Before, so I think we broke our record for the final game of the season. Yes. And before that, there had been a game in the midseason. I think it was the Portland game, mm. classic, where we no, had walked. Back-to-back with Sounders, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We had, well, there was one this year where it was just us. Oh, was and a... we had walked out. Oh, uh, yes, that's right. And it was, it was even during an international break. So both teams were missing a lot of players. And, and I vividly remember we walked out and I forgot who was standing next to me as we were walking out. And we're like, wow, everyone's really cheering today. You know, everyone really just <laughs> giving us a little extra shout, you know, Seattle, Portland. And then we found out we broke the record. And I think that was 7,000 or something. Amazing. So yeah. then the difference from that to 10,000, and then the fact that we were able to get, was it 21? We broke 21,000 was so awesome. And we could feel the difference too, even just having people behind our side, because normally it was just yeah, the other side was yeah. so cool just being able to hear fans from all over the stadium and again as someone who's grown up going to Sounders games and I know we have a lot of great and yeah. loud soccer fans <laughs> here and the That's fact right. that Seattle showed up for us was huge and I really hope even though you know we didn't get the result that we wanted I hope people were still able to you know see a good game yeah. had a lot of chances I love chances and that they'll uh, come back next yeah. year yeah it, no, it was inspiring to be honest and you know I think you know you can look at the result and say okay it didn't quite achieve but did everything you could. Like, it was like, I mean, you can't do much more than that. If the goalkeeper doesn't play that game, you could win that game 4-1, and I don't think anybody would have any complaints. I still can't so. believe it wasn't 4-1, honestly. Like, the yeah. one that hit the crossbar, and I then, like, know. I know. I was yeah. right behind Jess, could, too, and I just saw it, and I was like, come on, dude. Yeah. It was like, it's like cool. an inch <laughs> like, bounce. It's going to be one of those days. I yeah. think if I had to, because, again, I've had a lot of time to mm -hmm. reflect and digest and, dare I say, grieve. Yes. Uh, yes. And I think... One positive is that I truly, and I think this is a reflection of the season that we'd had and the belief that we had, even when we went down to zero and even when there was still, like we were in the 80th minute, I believe. truly believed yeah. that we could get it done. Yeah. And I feel like that was the consensus as well, was even though maybe things weren't going our way right. and we weren't, and to be fair, we didn't have our best game. And I do think that's mm -hmm. something that will haunt me for a little bit at least. Mm -hmm. And I think other people would agree, but even given that we didn't play our best, the fact that we still, even just someone could just say, wow, I kind of can't believe you guys didn't win that game yeah. is painful. But I also do think that is a testament to our mentality and, yeah. again, just the belief that we had. And so I think that's hopefully something that we'll take into next year as well. Yeah. So. 
Um, let's talk about you. So I'm going to ask how you got into soccer. I have a pretty good hunch how this could have <laughs> happened based on who your parents are. So you tell us a story and I'm gonna, I, what I want to know is were you sort of, was it because of your parents, was it sort of it has to be soccer? Or did they say try what you want and then you naturally gravitate to soccer? How did that happen? So yeah, both my parents played at Santa Clara. So from a young age, I was doing, you know, little kickers up in uh, arena sports. So I always, I had been introduced to it at a young age, but at the same time, I never felt like because they had played that I had to play. I did a very brief stint as a ballerina. I'm not very flexible, <laughs> which is why it was fairly brief. And I had a couple years playing basketball, but oh. ultimately what it came down to was whenever I had to end up choosing between the two, when it became, oh, basketball practice and soccer practice at the same time, it was a no-brainer for me. I wanted to yeah. keep playing soccer, and that was the one I had chosen to stick with. So I think even though they did you know, introduce it to me at a young age, and I was cheering for the Broncos, and we watched games a lot, and I enjoyed that they had played, it was never a because we did this, right. so now you have to, you which yeah. I appreciated because I think that's part of the why, reason why I'm where I am today is that I love it for me, not yeah. necessarily just because yeah. of them. That's a great point. Where did you play club here? Which was your club? I played for Crossfire and okay. played One for of our Tim rivals. Reynolds. Okay. Yeah. Tim, okay. <laughs> Back yeah. in the day, though, Crossfire was, I'm slightly biased, but we were, I think we were one of the best, if not the best clubs, and my team no, was really, no, good, so. really good. Crossfire really good. I know the people there is really, really good clubs. You did Crossfire. Um, and then how did you end up? Did you want to leave the state? Did you, when you start thinking about college soccer, how does it end up that you end up going to, I mean, such a great school? Well, funny story, I actually did my freshman year at Boston College. Oh. So I was okay leaving the state and the coast, actually. Um, but basically when I committed, Boston College was the best option for me. And I went there and the school was great. I loved the city of Boston so much. Um, Oh, we'll talk more but, about yeah. <laughs> But yeah. the soccer wasn't quite what I was looking for. And then, I mean, Stanford was an option, so it was a little bit of a no-brainer for me. And yeah. I always say it was the best decision of my life to switch. It yeah. was kind of difficult. There was some logistical stresses. Mm. Boston College was a quarter system, Stanford, or semester college was quarters. Just mm. I couldn't switch mid-year, all these things. But when I finally got there, I was just so happy. And I, again, I always say it was the best decision of my life. What made that team so good? In Stanford? I think, I think, I think I lucked out <laughs> yeah. a little bit because for the years that I were there, was there, I think there's now six or seven players from those teams who are on the national team. Wow. And I think that being able to train in an environment, when I first got there, Andy Sullivan's the senior captain yeah. and just yeah. the environment where everyone was trying to, we wanted to be the best and that was the goal we had set for ourselves and we would settle for nothing less and every single person believed that. So at trainings, at going against each other in training was sometimes harder than, Love it. you know, That's how it should be. Yeah. the games. Yeah. Like I'm having to defend Katarina Macario, <laughs> which time. was, you know, yeah. <laughs> lots of fun when we finally got to, you know, the games and she could score goals on other people <laughs> besides me. But I think yeah. the people that we had, we were able to just create an environment where trainings were so difficult and everyone, we really just held each other accountable and held ourselves to the highest standard where yeah. we, you know, expected the best from each other. And at the same time, we'd push each other to get there um, because we all just were working towards that same goal. And it really was a special environment. And I think that I'm lucky to have now I'm at the rain and yeah. I think it's a similar environment where everyone, we want to be the best, we want to push each other and you know, from the top down, everyone kind of has 
we just try to hold each other accountable to reach yeah. the goals we want. Were you one of those people that, you know, from a very young age, I'm going to try and play pro? Or are you just taking it, let me play as, as long as I can. Let me just see, let's do club, high school, then college, and natural progression. Or were you sort of like a bit like, you know, I'm, I'm going to play pro? I it was definitely a, I'm going to be a pro soccer player when I grow okay. up. I think probably back in preschool when you fill out those forms, I probably was scrawled and like chicken scratch. Like, I want to be a pro soccer player. I want to play soccer when I grow up. I think really when cool. I got older, I was able to solidify what that actually might look like because <laughs> yeah. it's one thing to be an eight-year-old like oh, I'm going to be a professional soccer player right. and now it's like okay I'm going to go play at Stanford and then I'm going to try and get drafted but that's definitely been a goal of mine um, and now that I am you know living my dream yeah. I'm going to try and play as long as possible but Absolutely. it was definitely been a goal of yeah. mine. And to end up back here I'll speak to that a little bit I mean you could have gone anywhere really the drafts for me I didn't like I didn't, look, I'm from London I had no idea what the draft was <laughs> first of all I had no idea what Ohio was, so I went to college in Akron, Ohio, never visited, landed in a t-shirt in January 2007, three feet of snow. I'm just picturing that. Welcome right to now. America. I wanted to get back on a plane. I couldn't believe it. Um, so I did all of that, you know, um, went to the draft, and at that point, MLS had 16 teams, so it could be theoretically one of 16 cities. Mm -hmm. That day, I'm finding out where I'm going. Mm -hmm. You end up coming back home. Um, Speak, what was your reaction when that was confirmed? Oh, Elaine, I'll take it. My draft story, too, is a little bit um, abnormal. So I, the day after we won, we won a championship my senior year. Awesome, like one of the highlights of my life. The next day I go to a follow-up doctor's appointment and they say I need hip surgery oh. and I'm going to be out for like eight months, which kind of had, wasn't expecting it, was blindsided. So that threw a bit of a wrench oh. in my plans. And I, so then I was like, almost didn't enter the draft because the NWSL season, it would have basically taken me to the end of the NWSL season. And, you know, no one comes back to their first game yeah. in playoffs. Yeah, so I was like, you know, I'm basically going to miss this whole season. I'm not going to even enter the draft. And then, you know, I ended up putting my name in and Rain drafted me. So I went from, I was on crutches at this point too. I wasn't even <laughs> at the draft because I wasn't planning to go on the draft. I was in between classes oh, at Stanford. Again, on crutches, just, you know, <laughs> wow. so shocked. So when I was drafted here, I could not believe it. I was elated. I just, I kind of, like I said, I kind of couldn't believe it because in the space yeah. of 48 hours, when I went from, oh yeah, I can't wait to see where everyone else goes in the draft to someone saying, oh no, you should put your name in, the ring would be willing to draft you. Wow. You might be able to actually go this year was a complete 180 from what I'd been expecting. And so I was just so, honestly, so grateful because again, I wasn't gonna be able to play yeah. for a while. So I yeah. was just so happy that anyone had given me a chance. And the fact that it was my hometown team, I, I could not believe it. And it ended up working out fine because that was 2020. So. Yeah. Because yeah. of the pandemic yeah. and everything else, we didn't necessarily have a regular NWSL season. So right. my, my timeline stayed about the same, but then it just worked out better than if it had been just a regular NWSL year. That is wow. That is, that is actually crazy. Um, the jump. You are at the top of college soccer. There's still a jump to professional. Mm -hmm. I was in a very good college program. I remember my first Sounders practice. I'm not, I'm not going to make it. Like, this is, I, I, I thought I was good. Like, this is hard. It was so fast and the mm. players were so technical. And it took me a while, even as being a pretty good college player. So how was that adjustment jumping to now, you know, playing with very good college players and obviously players that went on to play on national team. But now you're playing with some, like, 
I mean, mm -hmm. World Cup winners and people are playing mm -hmm. 100 caps and things of that nature. Yeah. How was that adjustment? I think, so obviously being at Stanford, I knew I was in, you know, a top program, yeah. one of the best in the country. So I knew that that was as good of a, as a college environment that I could be in. And as I would get older, the seniors from the year before would come back and be like, yeah, wow, the jump guys, it's, <laughs> it's no joke. And you kind of think like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. you just can't really fathom it until you get into it. And even yeah. now, me and my friends on the RAM will watch college games or be like, wow, it just looks like you have so much time. Yeah. And in the moment, it doesn't feel like yeah. that until you get to the next level and you realize, like you said, I think the speed of play and like how fast you needed to think. Yeah. The physicality, yeah. obviously everyone's a little bit bigger, stronger, but I think just how much smarter you have to be and how much quicker you need to be and how much quicker you need to think, you can't really describe that to someone. You just kind of have to go to through it. it. Yeah. And like I said, my the way my timeline worked out, my first practice, my first training in about a couple months or almost my first game in a year mm. had been my rain practices yeah. so not only had I was jumping from college I hadn't trained in a while so I was right there with you I was like oh my <laughs> goodness gracious I'm gonna be doing this every day <laughs> for the next couple of years I'm not gonna make it yeah. and then obviously I made it through that first week yeah. but I think yeah it's the speed of decision making I think is what really stood out to me because yes you have to run faster everyone's a little bit faster you yeah. gotta brace yourself everyone's a little bit stronger but yeah. you have to be making decisions at such a higher speed and even I would say this year the player that I was at the beginning of the year versus the player I was at the end after being able to play in a whole season because I would even say there's a difference between trainings and games just mm -hmm. the speed is a little bit faster again the decision making is just a little bit more in games and I just think that I've grown to yeah. just playing in more games but the jump from college to pro is it's no joke yeah. and I think it's difficult but it's also exciting too because you're in an, in an environment again where you're you know you're not the best player you're not the senior who's yeah. been in the program for yeah. four years and it's it's difficult but there's also so much room for growth so I did yeah. enjoy it even yeah. though again yeah. that those first couple of practices I was like what it was difficult <laughs> yeah but you're on a very great team, obviously, but you have solidified yourself as a starting player. Um, what do you put that down to? Obviously, listen, talent, you have to be good. Like, a coach like Laura Harvey is not going to play you for any reason other than you can get the job done, right? So you have to obviously be good, but you obviously went through that initial adjustment, hit the ground running, came off this injury, and now you're a starter in the partnership you've built with Alana Cook back there. Very, very good. I think you guys, you know, the games I watched were very good. And you guys play too, so there's that part of it as well, right? So... Yeah, how do you, how do you think it happened um, to become? For me, I came out in the draft number one. The first game in the Sounders history, I was on the bench. I wasn't in the starting group. The guy in front of me got injured for the next week. Then I played, had an assist, and then just stayed. Mm -hmm. And it was like that was my one the window. Rest is history. I, I have to take the window. <laughs> mm -hmm. So for you, how did that happen? Because you're now, when they're thinking of the lineup, your name is on that team sheet. Mm -hmm. I think so towards the end of last season I had a couple injuries last season I was playing for a couple games but just not really consistently and at the end uh, we had our meetings you know with coaches as you yeah. do after the season and I met with Laura and she gave me some things to work on and she said that me and some of the other younger players um, would get a chance in the Challenge Cup mm -hmm. so we had a Challenge Cup at the beginning yeah, of the season I remember, yeah. and that I would just have an opportunity to you know show what I could do there so I really just went home over the offseason tried to work on all the things that she gave yeah. me to work on and really was just told myself I would come out and do 
do my best in, we had a preseason tournament in Portland where we played Portland and Chicago, and then we had the Challenge Cup games. And so I just set the goal for myself to do, you know, try and show that I could do all the things that she had asked of me um, this season, at the end of the season before, and must have done all right because <laughs> yeah, I it was able right. to keep, yeah. <laughs> keep on playing. So I also think too, I've, like I said, I think I'm just still learning so much being able to play with Alana, play next to yeah. her, and playing next to Lou Barnes, who's Legend. been yeah. in the league for so long. She's a coach on the field. Yeah. I love yeah. playing next to her. And in trainings, too, we, like, we'll talk about situations or mm. she'll give tips even if she's, like, out for a rep. And I just try and, you know, soak all of that up because yeah. – and even, you know, when Jess or Pino or any of them who have so much experience have done so much. So I think that has helped me, too, just little things to try and tweak to get better. Are you someone that gets nervous before games, um, or are you pretty relaxed? I think anyone who says they don't get nervous exactly. is lying. Exactly. Good answer. Exactly. <laughs> so oh, I used to hate it. Yeah. I, I definitely get nervous. I think what I've just learned to do throughout this year is just better way to deal with the nerves. Because, you know, yeah. everyone says, it's, you're nervous because you care, and it's true. <laughs> I care a lot, but I would love to not feel nervous. <laughs> right before like, the game. That's oh, great. Right. Like, we can rationalize it all we want, but there's still <laughs> a little bit of nerves nervous. there. Exactly. So I think I've just learned ways to, you know, not calm yourself down, because it's not necessarily about calming down, but just, oh. you know, not to be as nervous. And I do think some of it stems from confidence, too, where it's like, mm -hmm. you know what, this is another 90 minutes. Like, I can do this. I've yeah. been doing this, yeah. um, which is, again, sometimes it's almost, it feels irrational nerves. Like, why do I feel this yeah. way? This but way, I yeah. think just the more you play, the better you are equipped to handle it. Because, again, I don't think anyone's ever not nervous. And if you're not, then I think something's there's wrong. some, yeah, something's yeah. wrong. So... Yeah, for me, it, it always disappeared once the whistle blew. It mm -hmm. completely disappeared. But I would get, yeah, nervous like driving to the stadium and you, you just not thinking what's gonna go wrong. You just kind of just thinking it, honestly. Yeah, it went into competition. It's like it's you not know, mm -hmm. all these people are gonna come and watch and things of that nature. Um, yeah, I think that's a part of it too. Any like game day rituals or things you do and things like that. Uh, mine, I can say it now. I wouldn't say it when I play. There's a great breakfast place called Portage Bay Cafe. I love Portage Bay. They just got Bay. a $25 gift card. Listen, oh, I love Portage Bay <laughs> so much. They were my weakness. On game days, I should not be having the banana versus French toast. I couldn't help it because I did it once and I scored. I said, I'm going to keep doing it. So oh, that, that was is my, the greatest. You, that, do, you do one thing and score. It's like, I guess I got to do everything again. <laughs> and I never scored again, probably. But that was my game day ritual. So any kind of things, I, apart from that, I wasn't. No, locker room, maybe a massage or listen to certain kind of music. But it wasn't like... I have to do this kind of thing. But do you have anything like that on a game day? What sort of, take us through your game day routine at such an elite level. So I think the one thing for me, I was a big pancakes on game day girl, mm. whether that was at home or away. So for home, I wake up and I usually would go on a coffee walk with one of my friends. We have a uh. selfie from like every single day, game day at home <laughs> this year. We would just take one in this mirror because we'd wake up, go on our coffee walk, and then I would make pancakes if I'm at home or if we were on a away trip, usually I'd go get breakfast with some people and just make sure I had pancakes. And then, depending on what time the game was, honestly, then it's just about sitting around and, yeah. as you know, kind of just wasting time until the game because you can't yeah. expend too much energy, yeah. but yeah. you also, like, don't want to just lay in bed thinking about the yeah. game. So kind of entertaining myself until pregame meal where I have more pancakes and it honestly like why is this girl eating so much pancakes it worked out for me i just it works it, it works. works in my stomach and it i got works. the carbs i needed so it i works. did it every single game day will i be having a single pancake this off season absolutely not okay i'm pancaked out but honestly aside from i would say making sure i had 
food that I knew would, you yeah. know, get me through the game and would sit well. I didn't really have anything in particular. I was kind of the same way, especially because when we go on the road too, so many things could change. I didn't yeah. want to be too dependent on, so I didn't want to freak myself yeah. out if I didn't, you know, yeah. hit some step. Because yeah. I wouldn't say I'm super superstitious, but I also didn't want to get too much in a routine where if I mess something up, then I'm thinking about it, you know? Yeah. But I do. I typically did like to get to the locker room a little bit earlier than the set time at Lumen, just because I like okay. to have time to sit a little bit and kind of chit chat, kind of okay. not mess around, but just yeah, be yeah, in the be locker there. room. Yeah, okay. But I would say that's yeah. the one thing, besides my pancakes, I just like to get to the locker room a little bit earlier than- what, like, what, What's the pregame music? Uh, we have a wide variety. Okay. We have a, team playlist that we usually just we play the same oh, nice. song so some people I think listen to their own music I and I was never like this in college I would listen to my own music a little bit but I just like to listen to whatever's on the, the speaker playing, so yeah. it kind of would vary honestly it varied a lot but it was usually yeah. like from the same place and we had a couple songs that people would make requests so, for that's what we should have done we would give the aux chord to a different person every week and it was fine usually um Casey Keller who oh, God, lo- lo- Casey. oh I couldn't believe it <laughs> I've come from the most intense heavy metal I could ever. not believe it and he was, it was like the locker room was shaking it was, I don't know what he was playing it was nuts before a game I said never again so from there I started putting my own music in I didn't want to do that um, talking about Boston oh god okay I'm actually very curious so I've lived in Boston mm-hmm. I am from Palo Alto oh, oh I know very weird. I'm actually flying out there tonight oh god tell me a little bit about the difference between Palo Alto and Boston in terms of like soccer in terms of just um. everything about it sports culture, et cetera. It was hard because I feel like I really was able to experience Boston because it was so easy to get from BC into the city. Yep. Like we could kind of beat bop around and actually go to Boston. Whereas I feel like at Stanford, everyone talked about the Stanford bubble and I think it's so real. So I feel like I was able to see like Stanford sports, but I wouldn't necessarily, I don't really think we got out into Palo Alto that much, if that makes sense. I mean, I don't really blame you. Like, there's a couple good food (laughs) places, but I honestly spent most of my time biking around on campus, (laughs) so I don't know. I did love Boston and, again, like the the sports culture of Boston, even though not necessarily rooting for any Boston teams, because that would be sacrilege (laughs) as a, you know, Seahawks, Sounders fan and whatnot, but um, yeah, I would say, I don't know, it was just so different. Because like I said, I feel like Boston is its own city with its own, yep. you know, vibe and mentality and people. And then I feel like Palo Alto was very much, for me, it was like a brief, it was just brief trips outside the Stanford bubble and then back in. Yeah, so I like grew up being a huge fan of Stanford women's soccer. Mm-hmm. When I played AY, I played AYSO, <laughs> so intense, you guys. Um, I used to get to be a ball girl at all the women's oh, soccer games. That's so and those cool. are like amazing memories that mm-hmm. I have being able to do that. So oh, really, wow. really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Boston yeah. is, again, I'm gonna, I'm talking about Boston in a second, but um, <laughs> I don't like Boston. Uh, is, what's your favorite city to travel to to play? I, mm-hmm. I used to gauge it for me was on how good the hotel in that city was. I was going to say, because asking Always. a pro athlete is so different than asking people who are visiting. Because, because your, your work, your different it work. It really yeah. depends, because what you're actually asking is, or there's two separate questions, <laughs> yeah. is which team has the best hotel set up. There you go. And a lot of them actually changed this year, so ac- across the board it's a lot better. But okay. for example, like Chicago is one of the cooler cities. It's my favorite city but in the U.S. For us, the hotel that we stay at there isn't oh. in Chicago, so it's a little farther out. Oh, because you're playing out in Bridgeview. Mm-hmm. It's, a little, yeah, it's a little ways out. Yeah, I don't yeah. know the exact yeah, area, yeah, but yeah. exactly. So yeah. I would say, like most people would 
from the outside looking in would be like, oh, it's Chicago. Chicago's yeah. a cool place to go. But honestly, I think Orlando, the hotel Ooh, setup there is nice yeah. because you can walk to things in distance. Yeah. Portland's kind of the same because you can walk to About things Portland, from the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Houston's another one where it's kind of oddly spread out, like you have to drive to places. Okay. Also, it's humid. I'm such a, I'm such a Washington <laughs> West Coast girl. I don't like humidity. So honestly, any of the, <laughs> any of the South and some of the East too, I'm like, I can't. I could never, because the constant humidity is definitely um, a con in my books. But I think, I do, like I said, I think Orlando has a good setup. Oh, you know what? No, San Diego has the best setup. Because not only is it San Diego beautiful, but they have, again, it's a nice hotel. You're close to food things. So I would say San Diego is one of the best. LA, I guess, is pretty good, too. LA, yeah, LA is always really good. Mm -hmm. Um, The NWSL as a league. how would you, for someone on the outside, I'm just a fan, you know, I, mm-hmm. I check results all the time, I'm watching highlights when I can. Um, what's the level? Like, give me, like, the, you talk a bit about the jump from college to the pros, that's mm-hmm. on, you know, Stanford to the rain. Just in general, overall, the league is, is getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, which are some of the players that were really difficult to go against, um, where, you know, the night before you're thinking, like, damn, I've got to chase this person tomorrow, you know, you get one of those every season so kind of give me sort of the in the NWSL some of the teams that you know were struggling to play against or even players you know, as a center backs people you had to mark mm-hmm. and go against that you know that was a tough game yeah I think the league is definitely teams are getting better and better I think even you could see just the way that on any given day anyone any team could be any other yeah, team so which People talk about parity, but even just the way we won the Shield with the last place team in the league, Gotham, who hadn't tied a game all year, tying the first place team, Portland, to let us, you know, win the Shield. So I think that speaks to just the quality of the league top to bottom. Um, I think there are a lot of really good attackers in this league who, again, as I, as a center back, um, (laughs) had to think about a lot. I think... Obviously, Sophie Smith is a yeah. tough one. I think Ebony Salmon, too. Mm. English. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she did yeah. really well. I think someone who wasn't necessarily going to run at you but is just a menace to play against is Dabinia. Oh, I think, like, oh. as a fan of the game, but, like, love to watch her. As a defender, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, even whenever she would do amazing things in other games, um, Sometimes Lonnie and I would joke around because we're like, you hate to see it as a defender. Like, yeah. sometimes it just happens. Like, some of the players are just so good. Like, yeah. you can, you know, do your yeah. best. And, yeah, like, it. for yeah. example, Dabinia will still be Dabinia sometimes. Yeah, um, so I think those are some of the ones that stand out to me when thinking about, like, yeah. when I'm going into a game, who do I need to, you know, think about. I think Kristen Hamilton, too, oh, doesn't yeah, get maybe yeah. as much hype. Yeah. Well, but I think she, you know, works really hard and, you know, chases down every single ball, yeah. which just adds a little bit more to make my job on the yeah, day yeah. so yeah there are a lot of good attackers in this league <laughs> it is a very good league the level is growing as well obviously expansions happening f- facilities upgrading everything um talk a little bit about the change from playing in tacoma being back at luma now um getting more and more fans and i think beginning next season you guys go to starfire mm-hmm. so which obviously i spent my life going there every yeah. day um sort of like just that side of it too the infrastructure seems to be growing up so it's mm-hmm. an exciting time to be a women's soccer player I for sure. I think it'll be so nice being at Starfire and just closer to Seattle because we, you know, we've been, as someone who grew up here, I know Tacoma is not Seattle it's and it's actually Seattle. a little bit farther, I feel like, than people think just in terms <laughs> yeah. of if you ever want to go into Seattle for yeah. a day, it becomes a whole day trip thing because it's at least, you know, yeah. two hours minimum yeah. round trip yeah. depending yeah. on what time you catch it. So yeah. it'll be very nice to be up closer to our, you know, stadium and just 
closer to everything in general. I think it's great that we're at Lumen. I think that people are investing in women's soccer right now. Like you said, it's a really great time to be a women's soccer player. I also think that you've seen it this year with LA and San Diego, their facilities, what Kansas City is building, I think that across the board, everyone is investing more and getting better facilities. And I think that to stay competitive, you kind of need to keep improving. Exactly. So I'm glad that we're moving up to, you know, better, closer facilities up here. And I can't even, the difference between playing at Lumen and playing at Cheney is pretty, pretty (laughs) self-explanatory, but it's been absolutely amazing. And just like you said too, with more people, I feel like being able to come, it's just easier to get to Lumen than to get to Tacoma. So hopefully, like I said earlier, more people want to come out again and keep coming out next year. Of course, we hope you are here for many, 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 many years. But just as a player, we all have ambitions and things like that. Mm -hmm. it's different. I came across from Europe, so I didn't really have that itch of I got to get back to Europe. And it would have mm-hmm. been nice, but that wasn't a big thing for me. A lot of, you know, especially American-born MLS players, you know, I spoke to Brad Evans about this before. It was like, can I get over to Europe to really test myself? You know, mm-hmm. sort of what are your sort of ambitions? Are you thinking, um, you know, national teams or different leagues, like that kind of experience? So would you be just as happy with a 15-year career for your hometown team? Yeah, I think so. I think right now... Short term, I'm just trying to be the best player that I can be here in the NWSL, obviously mm-hmm. hoping that's, you know, wearing a rain jersey. Yeah. And I think that when I when I was first coming out of college, I thought the way my recovery timeline was going to work out, I thought Europe was my only option. So I originally was looking abroad. Mm-hmm. But I think for now I would be happy to, you know, kind of mainly be here. If I were to go do a year somewhere else for the experience, or I know some people do Australia in the off season, yeah. which I would be very interested in doing that just again for the experience i've heard it's amazing and timing wise it'd be nice to be able to you know be on a team in the off season um but i would say for now i'm not necessarily itching to go abroad or anything like that uh so it's not a bad place to be yeah exactly not a bad place to be at all here playing in front of friends and family yeah Yeah. we're Mm -hmm. all transplant well the two of us are transplants i don't think we're leaving anytime (laughs) no i I love it here yeah i I mean it's not london but i i i I, I do love it here Um, when i think of the rain the reason why I think it's a bit of a special is, you know, I obviously know, know Jess a little bit and a few others. Um, it's much more than soccer. Mm-hmm. Very, very community involved. Mm-hmm. Always, I always see a post. There's always something. There's always promoting this cause, this initiative. We're very in tune with being a part of the community. I mean, is that something that's emphasized by the club? Is it the coaches? Is it just the way the players are? So why are you guys so good at community engagement and so conscious of the need to use your platform to actually um, promote certain kind of causes? Mm -hmm. I feel like when I joined the team, it was almost just like an unspoken, like it wasn't really addressed in a good way. It was just like, here are these opportunities. This is what we're doing. I think Lou Barnes in particular does a really good job um, at bringing things up and providing opportunities for people to get involved or just like throwing ideas out there. I know she talks a lot to our front office or to Asante too to kind of figure things out for people um I think she does a great job and again I feel like it was just um, almost an expectation it's like we have so many people with different backgrounds and different platforms and I think a lot of times people are doing their own things and they're like hey if someone wants to come do this people are always willing to you know jump on whether if they need a player or they need some support or they need someone to tweet something or post something I think we have a really good culture of everyone kind of supporting everyone else's what they're doing whatever that may be and 
it's kind of just built into the culture, I think. And yeah. again, that comes from Lou and that comes from Jess and Pino and Laura and just the culture they've created here. I want to ask about Laura. She coached my favorite team in England, Arsenal. So I knew about her for a long time. Mm -hmm. She coached against me in one of my charity games and <laughs> she was fantastic. Um, she was she she took it like it was a World Cup final. Like she was, I'm that like, does not is, surprise like, me this at is all. Just a I feel like game. she has one speed. Oh, like, she was barking instructions. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just chilling. And she was going nuts. And I'm like, wow, I love it. she's so good. Um, what's it like playing for her? Because I watch her on the sideline. I'm sitting across, and she's always, mm -hmm. she's, she's always thinking, always. But players seem to love her. Always mm -hmm. say good things. Of course, she has a lot of success everywhere she's gone. Mm -hmm. um, what's it like being in a locker room managed by this kind of coach? I, yeah, I absolutely love Laura. I think she's so great on and off the field. And I think that a lot of our best attributes at a, as a team definitely stem from her. If not from her directly, then from the culture and environment that she creates. Yeah. Because I think she does such a good job, you know, tactically, technically helping us out and giving us, you know, op uh, options for when things go wrong. I, yeah. I vividly remember being so impressed by that when we first when I first um, couple of training sessions with her, when we would talk about pregame things and she would say, here's what we're trying to do. Here's if, if someone yeah. falls over, if like something happens or we're out yeah. of position, this is the solve. Yes. And she's yeah. just so smart tactically and tries to, you know, again, just give us tools so that when we get into games, we're prepared for any situation. But then I also think she just does such a great job as well as managing all the other side of yeah, it, which all the yeah. intangibles. Yeah all of the mental side of things, trying to get us into the right mindset and how to approach games and how to approach teams. So yeah, I just think she's great all around and yeah. could talk about how great of a coach she is for days. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more questions I want to ask you. One, we mentioned Porridge Bay Cafe. <laughs> what, what are some other, for you, like go-to food spots? Like what would it be in, it doesn't have to be Seattle, just let's say Greater Seattle. I'm trying to think because even though I, you know, I'm from Seattle, I'm really from Bellevue, but I always say oh, Seattle okay. for yeah, people who yeah, aren't yeah. Um, okay. from I'm in here. Now, so okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I just always round up to Seattle. If it's yeah. someone else, they're like, yeah. "What's Bellevue, anyways?" <laughs> um, and we've been in Tacoma recently, yes. so uh, yes. I always say Portage Bay for sure. I love. I'm a desserts person, so I love Hello Robin. I love their cookies oh, okay. and ice cream. I'm gonna just write all this stuff. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. Hello Robin's good. I'm trying to think because a lot of the places I've been going to recently have been in um, Tacoma. In Tacoma. I don't know, yeah, that's, that's a good point because I'm a big foodie person. Mm -hmm. I can name everything from Bellevue and Seattle. Tacoma, I would struggle. Mm -hmm. yeah, I would, yeah, I don't think I, yeah. I would say time. same, which honestly, it was kind of nice Going, being in Tacoma for these past two years because even though I was close enough to home to be able to go home when I wanted to, still, I still kind of got the experience of moving to a new place yeah, and getting to experience yeah. and explore a little bit. Yeah. So that was good. Um, I would say, have you, you've been to Din Tai Fung, right? Come on. This is, okay, this good. is, this is a staple. Okay, yeah, then I'm going to take it a step further. We did, it was a really cool, uh, we did this tour of the International District in Chinatown. Oh. And there's a place called Ping's Dumplings, which are really good. I have to go. There you go. Really good. Also, there's a cool Filipina, Filipina-owned bakery called Hood Famous that has good. I love that spot. Really what? good Filipino spot. food, and they have like great drinks. Not, I didn't have lumpia when okay. I was there, but they had other like just little like treats, and they have ube cheesecake. Which is so good. It's in. Mm -hmm. It's actually like two minutes oh, from Lumen. Hood famous. Okay. Hood famous, so good. Oh man. Um, I'm 
trying to think That's again. That's good. Hello, Robin. So Hello, look, Robin. I'm, I'm sensing a, a trend here. <laughs> this is a lot of, I, I don't know how much your coach would be happy with this or my coach when I play, but I had sweet tooth like, like nobody I, else. Uh, I'm a it? big baker. My strategy is I bring things into the locker room. That way that's I don't smart. eat all of them. That that's that's the way it goes. <laughs> you know, e- evenly distributed. That, that's my strategy. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Um, one more thing I want to ask you this, and... I've, so, I've heard you mention this before, actually. I watched an interview or a piece or something. But the pride you've taken, I want to get the term right, correct me if I'm wrong, being Filipino-American. Is that the mm-hmm. correct term? Yes, I think, yes. I suppose, I think technically it would be I'm Filipina. Filipina. But when I grew okay. up, like when I would talk to my Lula, which is grandma in Philip, uh, from the Philippines, yeah. she would just say, like, I'm Filipino-Filipina. So, yes. okay. um, but I think, yeah, that's something that I am very fortunate that my Lula and like my, the Filipino side of my family lives in Tacoma actually. Oh. So they were able to come to a lot of games and which was very special that my like grandma could come to That's a lot of games incredible. and extended family. And since they're so close, I think I've been able to be exposed to yeah. just the food and the culture and some of the values that are mm. pillars that I maybe wouldn't have gotten a chance to yeah. experience if they, she didn't live so close. So I am very grateful that I got to spend some time in Tacoma and just that I was able to have that connection with her and I think I've said this before in another interview but we always used to do Sunday dinners where we would she would cook a big Filipino meal and like all my cousins would be there and I would plan my whole week around it if you had homework you brought it to Sunday dinner and like the kids who didn't finish their work would be in the living room trying to finish their homework but still just being around everyone because family and food are just both such important things um, in that culture and I've just so lucky that I've been able to experience yeah. it. Wow, really, really cool. I have one more question before yes. we go. So yeah. you did a workout with Brad Evans. How badly yes. did you kick his butt? Please tell me, please. <laughs> please tell us. He's not here, so we can talk as much as He did say want. that, right? He said they worked out. Yeah, yeah you did you say that. Yeah. I don't think, I think it would be lying to say I kicked his butt. I think more <laughs> so, <laughs> I think more so it was so great for me being able to train with him and yeah. kind of pick his brain a little bit. Honestly, I really enjoyed it just hearing things from just not another pro but like a defender and just hearing his little like even just tips or tricks or just footwork things that I have thought about to this day or tried to Mm -hmm. implement myself so I really enjoyed it and I again it would be lying for me to say that I kicked his butt so I won't say it that even though that's probably the answer you were looking for. Can we edit that part out? I don't don't want Brad to get any any ideas. ideas. Um, Let's end on this. Season didn't end the way it wanted, but obviously won the Shield. Mm-hmm. Had a fantastic season, collectively, individually for you. Um, we have a lot of um, Rain fans listening to this, and Sounders fans, and just soccer fans in general. Why should people be excited about Rain games, and why should they come out next year to support the team? I think everyone should be very excited because I think that the team that, if you were at the game, the team that you saw, we were we were good, but we didn't have our best game. Mm-hmm. And I just think that everyone's mentality coming back next year is that we're going to be hungry and we're yeah, going to want to, you know, finally get that championship that we've been looking for. And I know that's going to be a goal of ours. And again, I think it's something that we will be thinking about this offseason, which that's the worst part about no matter how good of a season you have. And in particular, it doesn't matter if you win the Shield, yeah. the only what leaves the lingering taste in your mouth is that yeah. final game. And for us, it left a bitter taste in our mouth. So 
I think you're going to see a very hungry OL Reign team trying to right some wrongs next year. So, and we've got some pretty cool players. Really good players. Really world good players. class players. So. World class, world class coaching. Um, mm. At Lumen now, great fans. I'm there. I need to actually go and do my Seriously, season ticket. Seriously, guys, get your season um, tickets. Get out with there. Steve. The games He's are good. Game. I'm there. He's I'm there, there every my, game. My, my cider. They bring food to. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. When I got into it last game, I was heated. I was really. That last there. game was. Oh, oh. Bad. I, I know it was, but it was so much fun to be there. Mm -hmm. It was so much fun. I know. So thank you, the 21,000 people who came out and. And come on back for next year. It'll yeah. be as fun, and we'll try and win some more games. <laughs> Amazing. So, no, it'll be a fantastic season. I know the team's going to come out roaring, ready to go. It, it would be great to get that first um, NWSL championship mm -hmm. um, here in Seattle, and hopefully you will be, you'll get to be a part of that as well. So, um, no, Sam, we appreciate you coming onto the podcast. Um, welcome back anytime. Uh, I think we've had many. We've had Sophia. We've had Jess a few times. Yeah. Oh, so, nice. the rain, we're friends of us and can come on absolutely anytime. They're, like, uh, always our best episodes, too. Honestly. Always, always. I'm not just sucking up. <laughs> no, it really is. Yeah, it really is. And we've got to get Laura on here at some point, too. Uh, yeah. I think mm, we'll, yeah. we'll work on that. Yeah. I but think it's been an absolute pleasure. That. Yeah, it'd be great. Absolute pleasure. Welcome anytime. Enjoy your off season and really looking forward to seeing you back at it next season. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. This has been Side by Side. As always, uh, comment, subscribe, like wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm pretty sure Brad will be back next week to explain for himself why he wasn't here. <laughs> you missed a good time.